0: Now, being a writer, I have a moment to breathe and really deeply reflect on who I am, what I want, what I've been through. You know, there, there was times when I was writing the book and I was working with an editor and she would highlight parts and just say, go further, go deeper. What are you really trying to say? And, and and I realized that that you know as a teacher I was skimming the surface on a lot of things, and now taking a step away has allowed me to really get into it. And so, being a writer, even though I said a few minutes ago most are drawn, not most. I, yeah. I, I, you know they they have problems. For me, it's been one of the more helpiest decisions I've made.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is one of my longest online friends, a wonderful writer, the inventor of the Mary question, my good friend, Jay Armstrong. Jay, welcome to the show.
0: Hey Jesse uh thanks for having me. thanks to the intro um it's always great to be here and talk to you about Bruce and life and I'm really excited to uh be here and
1: catch up with you well, good well, let's start out with in case someone has never listened to the four or five times you've been on the show before, tell us a little about yourself
0: all right well um <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> um, I, I was, so how you and I met, I was an English teacher at the time, high school English. And I, I wrote a piece about um, I, Bruce. I, I think it was about like Warner, Ron made some, some maybe this Thunder I can't remember. It was long ago. Anyway, you read it contacted me and then that started a, a relationship and I explained to you in, in our first meeting that I had always taught Bruce in my class as a poet and as poetry and so over the years um, we, we shared um, this interest in Bruce and then I got sick. Um, I have a uh you know it's called diffuse cerebellar atrophy so essentially what it is is i have a hole in my brain that is getting bigger by you know the the years and it's affecting speech and it's affecting motor skills um it's affecting uh my cognitive ability so uh what i did was being diagnosed in 2013 i um I I retired from teaching as of 2001. And I focused all my energies uh, on my family, but also being a writer. Uh, Being a writer um, has always been a lifelong dream of mine. And so I I like to think that I channeled a little bit of the spirit of Bruce and, um, you know, uh, quit, not quit, but retired from my job. And followed my dream of being a writer, and so here I am at the end of 2001 with a with a book coming out relatively soon, and um, I I'm I'm a dad, I'm a retired teacher, a dad, a husband, and uh, now a writer.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, i I'm, We're gonna get to your v- new book, and I'm so excited about it and ordering it. Um, you know. 2021 has been a rough year for all of us i think a lot of us thought that after 2020 you know oh, it can't get much worse and then he's like holy crap look <laughs> yeah. at you know yeah um so yeah uh, yeah jay if you guys have not known i mean he and i have had on we we've talked about underrated songs Uh, best geography songs with bruce uh Mm -hmm. we've talked the mary question multiple times um and you know you you get a shout out every episode you know know, yeah uh, every episode i go you know well the mary question came from jay armstrong who is an honors english teacher in the philadelphia area recently retired and uh so uh that just you know and it's funny because i can't figure out jay when i started asking that question because i know it wasn't to begin with but after our discussions and now it's kind of been one of the signature questions and it's it it was really funny because uh a couple months ago i had someone who wasn't a bruce fan replied back like does it have to be a Bruce song? And I'm like, yes, this is my shtick. Okay. Just, just <laughs> listen to thunder road, you know, yeah. read the lyrics. And then just, there is no, there is no correct answer. There are right answers and there are, you know, and we've yeah. discussed that it's, it, it has been, it has led to some very interesting questions and comments and conversations. And that's uh, I love that you gave me that. Um, I I I, could, I follow your blog and I know you just did your first video blog and you talked about that um, one of your frustrations is that your writing voice is stronger than ever. You feel like you're really hitting it on all cylinders, but it's frustrating because your speaking voice is weaker. Um, do you want to expand a little bit on that?
0: Yeah, uh, it definitely is uh, probably the most frustrating thing. Um, you know, I have always wanted to be a writer. Um, and I have these silly fantasies of, you know, standing in front of hundreds of people and talking about my book and doing autographs. I, I mean, you know, like like a kid who dreams of making in the NBA, you know, like playing in game seven, you know, and and I I dreamed of that. And yeah. um I dreamed of that for as long as I can remember. Now I, as a kid, I didn't know any Raiders. I mean every Raider I knew was from my English teacher. And most of those writers were like you know dead white guys who yes. had a drinking problem. You know? right and and that's not and and so I was like well and they were from like New York or London and I'm from like the suburbs so the idea of being a writer um just it was it was one of those things that I I stored in the back of my brain and As I was growing up, I was always working on it, but I wasn't really talking about it or I wasn't doing enough about it. And then I got sick and that was like the kick in the butt that I needed. I'm like, I got to get this stuff out right now. And so there became this urgency of time to do this thing right now. And I think that gave me inspiration to become a better writer. And so I'm right now, I'm at this crossroads where my writing has never been stronger. But I mean, I've been writing for years. It taken me a long time to get to this point. And I'm really proud of my writing, but I'm not proud of my voice. And so my physical voice and so speaking is is challenging um handwriting is becoming very difficult and this kind of keeps him but I, I get i had this fantasy of like having it uh, you know a table there and 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 signing books and it's something i want to do but right now i physically can't handle that so that caused a lot of frustration and 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 you, you know um what what i've learned through this is that life is never going to be perfect there's never going to be the perfect opportunity the perfect setup something is always going to be challenged something is always going to be wrong and so what i believe i have to do and may somebody else who's in a similar spot is no matter what you just have to keep working toward that dream toward that goal that you have
1: yeah um you know one of the things that made me smile and by the way um just to give you guys pull the curtain back a little bit jay and i talked about it and um you know i said "Are do you want to do you want to do this live? Do you want to, because I told him in the past, I've had people who English is a second language. You know, I've sent the questions and in advance, let them record it. you said, no, 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 with you, I want to be live. And I We're going to do the best we can. So please don't think we're making Jay like, Oh, Hey, Um, but one of the things I love, and, and this is kind of combining a couple of questions, but you know, you wrote on your blog, um your your i believe it was your son being asked what does daddy do and he, you know and there's this oh he doesn't do anything you know and, yeah. and and you're like no 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 son uh you know and and you ended up after a really funny uh and heartfelt you know essay you kind of said yeah i'm a writer you can tell people dad's a writer right. um i I think I've shared this with you and I know my listeners know, you know, my wife, um, was diagnosed four or five years ago with basically a a brain injury. She, um, I tell the story kind of to explain and to be a little funny is she just was starting to forget things. She, she, She couldn't put sentences together. She would not be able to find her car in the parking lot. Um, And it's right there. Just she couldn't recognize it. And so she kept going, going, going. And finally, there wasn't a diagnosis, wasn't a diagnosis, which similar to you, because I remember the story, like for the longest time, people couldn't figure out what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, and she came to her physical therapy with shorts on and she had all kinds of scars on her knees and the therapist said man what's that and Linda says oh you know I fall from my bike all the time and um, the therapist said well do you ever land on your head and Linda said well only twice where I broke my bike helmet the other times when I fell it didn't hit at all <laughs> and the therapist like holy crap. And sure enough that this was similar to what football players hit with multiple concussions. Um, So Linda has good days and bad days where, you know, she's sharp, she's enjoying, she's doing things, but other days she just is so mentally tired from having to fight to keep everything going. You know, she'll spend a couple of days just on the couch, watching mindless TV. And, and, you know, and I just like, Hey, Lindy, that's as much as like physically you have to rest mentally is just as strong of an illness. And you've got to rest that too. So how are you coping with not teaching and and fighting your illness? Because you you've been very honest. There is no cure. This is just something you will live with the rest of your life. So share me a little bit about that.
0: I taught, for almost 20 years right. and being a teacher was who i was. It was who i identified myself as and i i knew at the end of 2020 it was time to move on yeah. i i just knew that i knew that in my my heart my gut um i knew it was time and i think it was a combination of my illness plus The year that was 2020, like I knew I had to do something else. And so I retired from teaching and, and it's funny. I, I, you know, I wrestled with this question of, do you miss, is it hard not being a teacher anymore? And, you know, I think the correct thing to say would be, yeah, I miss it. Um, but, Below that, Jess, between you and I, I don't miss it. I I mean, I was grateful. I am grateful for everything that it gave me, for for the relationships that I built, uh, for the things I learned and how I developed as a person. I am so grateful. I would not be the writer I am today if I hadn't taught. Because what I was doing, teaching, I was learning the craft myself. So I, I am forever in debt to being a teacher. Do I miss it? No, um, because that was then, and and this is now. This is who I am. This I don't identify myself as a teacher anymore. Um, it's like I shedded that skin and I moved on, and so. I think moving on was the best thing for me because your question was, how do I handle this? Well, if I was a teacher and my health was declining the way it was, I would be in a really bad place because teaching is very stressful and you're not just dealing with your own stuff. You're dealing with your own stuff, but then you have... 100 other students and then you have the demands of 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 you know being an employee so i would not i would have self-destructed and i yeah. know that i i just know it. i would so now being a writer i have a moment to breathe and really deeply reflect on who i am what i want what i've been through you know, there, there was times of when I was writing the book and I was working with an editor and she would highlight parts and just say, go further, go deeper. What are you really trying to say? And and, and I realized that, that, um, you know, as a teacher, I was skimming the surface on a lot of things. And now taking a step away has allowed me to really get into it and so being a writer even though I said a few minutes ago most are drawn not most I I, you know they have they have problems um but for me it's been one of the more healthiest decisions I've made and so writing for me the blog the book it's, it's all form of therapy. It really is, it gives me a chance to not only talk with other people like yourself, but to really explore who I am, and, and, you know, my struggles, and how do I best deal with what I have to deal with?
1: You know, a couple things. One, I, the first part is, as you're telling this story, I'm thinking of Springsteen's Better Days right and which I've has always been on my list of top yeah two songs probably and the idea right is to enjoy the journey to not focus on the past not focus on what's coming on but focus where you are right now and and I think that's exactly what you're doing um you know you enjoyed your time as a teacher you there are you know from your blog and from stories you and i have talked about you know there is there is a joy to a former student coming up to you at a grocery store or at a graduation and going you know uh, mr armstrong mr armstrong you know i'm still reading blank you yeah. know or you oh i found a new writer and uh, yeah. author and i'm disgusted, you know and you you were a, able to explore poetry and literature. And and I tell my people that when we're talking about doing something for employee appreciation or a mail committee, I go, a third of people are going to love it, a third of the people hate it, and a third of the people just don't care. And I would think as a teacher, no matter what subject you're covering, right, whether it's a short story, you're reading a novel, you're reading poetry, a third will love it, a third will hate it, and a third just won't care. Yeah. And you, the idea you're is you, right. rot- you rotate enough different items that at least sometime during the year, everyone had at least one point where they go, oh, I really love that. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is I can remember when I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, um, Mrs. Duhon, who was my homeroom teacher and an English teacher, um, talked about all the flaws of writers, like talked about being drug addicts, being, you know, drunkards as she called it. And, and, you know, and, and I was, you know, I was struck by, these are flawed men or women that were fighting their own demons and it made me feel better like well i have my own demons and i can figure out so i'm gonna move over so first off when is the book out and what's the title
0: so bedtime stories for the living will be out december 3rd 2001
1: bedtime for grown-up bedtime stories Stories. for grown-up yeah i love that for the living but okay oh perfect all right now um you shared with me a little piece and i'm gonna read this and then i want to talk about that um do i love my children on most days i do (laughs) on most days like you they're decent people so why don't why didn't i tell them bedtime stories selfishly I don't like the pressure, the highlight, the slow swirl of the ceiling fan blades, their big eyes staring up at me, expecting me to entertain them, to stir their imagination. Who do they think I am? Bruce Springsteen? No, I'm a dad who gets his sushi from a supermarket. I wear sneakers with khaki pants. I once taught high school English in New Jersey. I mean, to be creative and tell a story on demand is right down stressful. Who needs that kind of stress after 9 p.m.? First off, as a dad who loved to read, I was not good at reading to my son. Partly because I can read silently faster than I can out loud. And I was like, "Um, this is too slow for me. And the other thing is he was not someone who you know was a strong audience He was like yeah yeah whatever so we just didn't do that a lot right right uh I love that introduction so talk to me a little bit about why you decided that and 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 how did you come up with this premise for the book so I you
0: know I I, years ago I was thinking about writing a book and I thought about what, what I want to write what what I want to say and, and being sick um there was a sense of urgency there and I knew what I wanted to say I wanted to be honest and truthful and nonfiction. I I wanted to lay everything out like you know this is it this is who I am and um I, as a, as a reader, I've always found that fascinating. Um, somebody like like Springsteen on Broadway. I mean, that story, that whole production, is very raw and honest and real. And I I got a lot of inspiration from not just Springsteen on Broadway, but Books and movies and documentaries like that, where this is who I am for better or worse. So I wanted to write a book like that that was very honest and real. Um, and I think being sick, getting sick, was sort of catalyst for that. You know, this is who I am for better or worse, take it or leave it. And so as I was about that premise, I sort of think about who would I want to write to? Who more than anybody else would I want to write to? And it's not to demean anybody else, but I have three children that I adore. And and my fear um, is that I'm going to go before I have a chance to tell them what i really want to say wow um and so the, that premise started gaining momentum and what would i really want to tell them if something happens and i'm not here um oh. i i i and and ye, i'm sure you've been there too people that you love have passed Yes. And they have lived a great life. And, and you're incredibly sad for them to pass. But sometimes they leave you with just memories. And that is all. And you have to make sense of that. And my, um, my wife's grandfather, he, he passed uh, during the writing of this book. And, um, I, I loved him. I mean, there's a chapter in the book dedicated to him. Um, he told me how to golf. And I wrote a story of that. Um, and he lived a good life. He was in his 90s when he died. But what, what he left behind was he left behind woodwork. He was very good at building coffee tables and end tables. and and curio cabinets and so now in my house right now we have um we have work that he touched we have his coffee table we have his end tables and i i at them um you know i i kind of want those things to speak and i knew they can't and so I am not a woodworker. I am not good at it. So I thought about what am I good at? What would I leave my children with? And it would be stories. It would be a book. So this book is them. And that's how the, the book really started coming together. Like, what could I leave my children? It wouldn't be woodwork. It would be stories. And as a father, um, I'm flawed. I, 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 you know, you know, Jess, I, I, think there is something interesting about the flaws of people. Um, not, not that we, you know, we dissect the flaw, but I think you learn a lot about a person through their flaws. Yes. And so, I, uh, I was thinking about as a dad. Um, you know, I have flaws. And one of those flaws is that I am a writer. I am a storyteller. And yet I have never told my kids a bedtime story. I just never have. And that like was like, a, a, you know, a punch in the gut. I'm like, man, now they're too old. Like, I, I should have started this years ago and i never did so i missed my chance so so much the book is about seizing the moment and taking life head on and appreciating the time that you have and not missing the moments that you're gonna miss but but open your eyes and ears to the sound of life so when that moment comes you can react
1: you know what first comes to mind is there is a line and I can't remember the song title, but, uh, Hank Williams jr. in one of his songs talks about he, he regrets that his dad never sang him to sleep. Right. So here's Hank Williams jr. Talking about his father, Hank Williams, senior, a icon of country music, right? Like obviously you could make the argument, one of the best, of all time songwriters and musicians and he never he never sang them to sleep yeah.
2: um
1: you know you wonder did bruce sing the kids to sleep did bruce when they were younger tell stories right like you know um you, you go ahead. You know, i th-
0: there it's funny you bring that up because there is a part in his book where um he, it's in the Born in the USA uh, section or chapter, yeah. where he talks about his. He was on tour for like a year, a stadium tour. He, every night he was in front of like seventy thousand people, you know, and then that tour ended, and he got home, and he had his children were younger at that time, and he says they didn't care. They didn't care who I was, what I did on that. They just wanted a dad. And that struck me. Um, You know, I am, I'm not a rock star, but for almost 20 years, I gave a lot of my heart and soul and energy into students and it's yeah. my work. And and, and it, you know, there are pluses and minuses. Unfortunately, by doing that, I ignored some of my children to a point. I, I just assumed they would always be little. As, right. as silly as that sounds, I think we kind of fall that way sometimes. There yeah. will always be time. And then for me, I learned the hard way. There is not going to be time. And so what are you going to do about
1: it? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think back and I, I do need to share with you, you make my son and I smile. Um, you know, in a couple of your blogs, you'll talk about that your son is excited that it's, uh, it's game day, right? The Eagles are going to be playing. And, and you guys are excited and you are ready to watch together. And whether you're, you know, wearing an Eagles t-shirt or a Jersey or just a cap or whatever it is, you know, and my son is 32 and he still comes over, you know, every Sunday, usually on Friday night, makes it a weekend. Um, and you know, he has a cowboy banner he puts up, he has, you know, God forbid, if you're not drinking coffee from a cowboy mug on Sunday morning you know and he you know and and he as much as he as a great sports fan you know uh uh, damn Eagles hearing you talk about and your son excitement brings great smiles to his face right that just the idea because I've shared this many times Jay but you know, especially during his teenage years, you know, he would be gone all the time. But Friday Night Lights, Veronica Mars, Cowboy Game, he would always be home to watch together as a family.
2: Right. You know,
1: and and so that bonding that you will have always with that you know um and now then that he's gone to a couple of springsteen shows he's like ready like okay i'm ready to go are we gonna when's he gonna tour dad we, we gotta go right. see him again so that's beautiful um how different is writing a blog compared to writing a book are you using different muscles or is it yeah. similar because they're both nonfiction? fiction
0: uh great great question um so, with a blog or with an essay, there is it's short it's like a sprint you know um five hundred words, a thousand words um oftentimes when when I write shorter pieces, I start with yen I know how it's going to end, and a lot of times with Sure piece I work backwards. I mean, I just know how I want to end it and then I work the front and um i i I've been writing for a while now where I can see a short piece um you know I can imagine I can see it before I write it I uh, yeah, there's you know things come in and out of the pieces i write it but it's a sprint i can see the finish line before i begin and um i just go at it and and, and you know writing short pieces um when i know what i want to write about writing it doesn't take long um, you know, it's the refining, it's the editing that takes a little little while. But I can see the whole thing before I begin. Now, with a book, I mean, my book is just short of 50,000 words. So you can't see the end. It's Again, it's like a marathon. You have to like, like, writing a book is like you know, starting the finish line and say, "Okay, I'm going to run to that lamppost. Then I'm going to get that lamppost. I'm going to run to the next one and the next one." So, as I was working the book, it was kind of frustrating because I, I, I didn't know how I wanted it to end until I got to the end.
1: Yeah. Do, do you have any interest or any itch? To write fiction, um,
0: you know i i i do and i don't. Okay. Um, i i read a lot of fiction. Yeah, uh, I do. I i love love fiction, but i i don't see myself as a fiction writer right right now. I mean, that could change. It totally could um but but i i think that i'm writing right now from place of me yeah and it's who i am and it's everything that i want to say as a a human right now now me that will change me as you know i do plan to write more i i you know it's funny that you brought up um you know my my son thinking that i don't do anything um because the running joke in my house is that i'm a home dad that's what they call me i'm a home dad
1: right um
0: and so i've already been like identifying that as my next adventure now um do i do i write that as fiction maybe that's been the idea do i write the adventures of home dad as a fictional story um it's a possibility
1: sure because the idea right you could take the basis of facts and embellish it enough to add it for funny you know and drama that would be good um the I, I kind of talked to you a little bit about this, but you have been on a journey of self-discovery. I think from the moment you're was when you discovered something was wrong, a journey till you got a diagnosis. Then you know, in a lot of ways, you've gone through the five stages of grief. But you know, you know, like you know, you know, anger, bargaining, you know, acceptance. So, I, I know you probably this is your whole life has been self discovery, but specifically as you wrote the book, ha, did you learn a little bit about yourself, and if I, so, what was it?
0: Yeah, I I've learned. I I've learned a lot. Um, so much of me, you know, writing the book was me reflecting on who I was and who I am now and, and where I want to go um, as, as a husband and as a father. Um, and so much of the book is dealing with disappointment and, and that's going to happen, that we we're going to fail. Um, and we have to get used to it. I, I think the thing that I learned about myself, um, that sort of surprised me, was that I developed a perseverance um, to just keep going and not quit. Um, and there have been many of things that I have quit. Uh, in fact, I I think about as a, as a writer. I mean, I started my first book in secret, probably when I was eighteen, um, and then I wrote, you know, for about a week, and then I stopped. And I think about there was like a twenty year period where I would write and then stop, write and then stop, and I over. I, again, I I think it was the illness, um, the, the urgency of time, uh, that I wasn't going to get back any time that I had to do this right now. So what, what I learned about myself was, um, I'm tougher than I thought I was and I'm not trying to brag. Um, but what I have is not for the faint of heart. Um, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I have fallen um, in the past month. Here's two. I fell down a flight of steps and broke through drywall. That's one. Second time, I fell, at, I fell through a hanging mirror door and crashed through that mirror door and shattered that mirror door and um fortunately i'm okay but yeah. what i have is not for the faint of heart and um as a writer i just learned to just keep going just keep doing this thing that's it you know i learned that i i got some perseverance now when it comes to writing i can persevere um other things, I quit just like anybody else.
1: you know you're sitting there and I 'm thinking right, well, it ain't no secret I've been around a time or two. well, I don't know, baby, maybe you've been around too, mm-hmm. where well, there's another dance, and all you got to do is say yes, and if you're rough and ready for love, honey, I'm tougher mm-hmm. than the rest. Yeah, you know, as many great Springsteen songs, that could be a love song. I know that I have had uh, there's been young people talk about um, I saw someone who was in a wheelchair fighting some childhood disease talked about tougher than rest was his favorite song and then you know so I, I think similar the rising can be about you know New Orleans it could, could be about 9-11 it could be about the Jersey Shore it, it, you know it I do think that finding out that you are tougher than you thought you were tougher than the rest is something to be strong with. Um, I don't want to keep you too long. I don't want to tire you out too much, but how, what's the best way to find the book?
0: So the book will be available on December 3rd on uh, Amazon.
1: Okay. And
0: then it will be on, um, ingram spark it will also be available in bookstores um libraries so the easiest way to find it right now december 3rd is on amazon
1: okay and uh i i i have is it because i have not been able to see the link yet in amazon is it not available for pre-order yet
0: not not yet you know we're we're recording this and we're 29 days away okay from december 3rd and there are like is i i can smell finish line i just i am almost there i mean yeah i have like a big toe on the line right now so um this morning it's it's funny how things work out but my uh book designer is uh she lives in australia so um we have a 14 hour difference of time so you know when she's awake i'm sleeping and vice versa so um it kind of you know she's great and she's done wonderful things but time was it's a little challenging so i woke up this morning with a message from her and there were a few things I needed to do before we got uploaded. And I did that. And then I messaged her, but she's sleeping. So yeah. I won't hear back from her for like another 12 hours. Yeah. But um it, it will be uploaded soon. Yeah.
1: Um, I love the cover. I, I love the image. I think it's beautiful. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, and and what a great title, Bedtime Stories for the Living um i i really appreciate it and exciting um if you're still feeling good i gotta know what you think about um you know we really haven't talked about in depth western stars or letter to you so i'll take your writing hat cap on and put your bruce fan on as a music fan and as a writer what are your thoughts on those two albums
0: um i i thought they were both great they're both excellent albums uh western stars i i love the fact that bruce does not quit on trying to figure out who he is yeah even now um you know i i made a playlist for my for my book and the second song was grow, growing up and that song i mean i played it so i made a playlist that i just play over and over and over again while i'm working on the book and
1: do you, growing have that up, on, do you have that on spotify
0: Yes, it's on Spotify.
1: If if you want to share that link, I'll put it in the show notes. Sure,
0: Sure, that'd be that'd be awesome. Okay. So, song number two is "Growing Up," and it's so funny to hear a young Bruce in that song. Like at that, that's kind of like his mission statement. I'm gonna grow up, and I'm gonna figure out who I am. And now we have Bruce who. How how old is he now, Jesse?
1: 72, I think. 72. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't and, yell at us if we get it wrong, audience, please. <laughs> but yes.
0: And he put out Western stars as, I mean, what I think was he took a very different approach. I mean, at best point in his career and his life, Bruce can hang up his hat and call it a day, but he just keeps going. And that's what, you know, the spirit of, of Bruce is so much in, in me and in this book. Um, I mean, I, I use him as a sor- source of inspiration to just keep going. And that's what that album is. Him just taking on a different persona, going out west and saying, okay, who am I? And it's comforting that a guy who has everything that he wants is still trying to figure himself out.
1: You know, I've said this multiple times that Western Stars felt to me like an audio version of a collection of inter- Leonard Elmore short stories, right? Like that yeah. that feeling. Um, and it, it really is similar to like Nebraska, you know, in a lot of ways some of his most literary work um letter to you someone was on facebook was saying that after about a year you know it the album just didn't do it for them like they said you know i I, I appreciate it but it just doesn't speak to me the way that some of his earlier work does and i answered i said i i understand and respect that opinion but when you think about the crap storm that was 2020 and to have that talk about it, the finish line, all of a sudden, Holy moly, we have a new Bruce album. Oh, it's the East street band. Oh, there's a documentary. Oh, he's doing press where he's sharing some of his most intimate and, you know, personal stories. Oh, maybe 2020 is not the worst year ever. Um, And then we got a presidential election, which made me smile. So Letter to You will always be a special place in my heart, the same way like The Rising, because that was the first album that really got me passionate about Bruce. I went from a casual fan to a major fan after I saw him live. So what were your thoughts on Letter to You?
0: Um, The... The first time I heard it i I was in my car and I was driving and I started with the first track, which is uh one minute you're here mm-hmm. and i mean i was in it was twenty twenty everything was going on um I was writing the book yeah and I read that. And it was like everything collided for a moment. And that track, I must have listened to it over. uh, You know, I just kept replaying it over and over again. Not that it's my favorite Bruce song. It's, It's not. It's not my favorite. But, you know, the honesty of of that song and the vulnerability and after i mean like you know you have bruce on like born in usa who he's vulnerable yeah but he's also he has like he's, there's a toughness to him you, you know um in growing up there's you know this idea that I'm going to be a rock star and I'm going to be immortal and he's not as braggadocious as that but he has that sort of edge to him and I think rock stars do you know you when you when you hit a you know that level there is a a feeling of invulnerability and and I'm going to leave forever and that moment right there that first track i mean after everything he's been through he took a moment and he just said one minute you're here and and that was we're, we're all there no matter who it's bruce me you we're all there i mean that's life it ends and for him to be at that point in his life that was and to say those words um it put a lot of life into perspective
1: you know i it made me think of one of my favorite little sequences in neil gaiman uh had the kind of set in the sandman universe the death miniseries and there's a poignant scene and if you guys are not aware death in this um world is like a teen she looks like a teenage goth girl and there is a um she goes and there's a a baby who had died you know and the baby looks at her and says is that it and death says you got what everyone else gets a lifetime and um so poignant and um and you know, and I think that's what Bruce is saying. And and I I had someone who does a grief podcast join me earlier this year, Carissa and Callista. And I told her, I said, you should listen to Letter to You. She wasn't a Springsteen fan, and she came back after. She goes, oh my goodness, this album is all about grief. <laughs> you know, can I come back on and talk about it? It is about grief, but it's also about healing and it's not a morbid album. In fact, it truly is, you know, the cliche, right? Like um, a a funeral is a celebration of life, right? right? I think this album is a celebration of I'm the last man standing. We're still here. We're still making music. We are missing those that are gone but we are, we are celebrating the fact that we're still here and we're still, um, loving each other and being creative.
0: Yeah. 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 I, you know, there, there, so there is a part in my book, my book's broken up into five parts. Okay. And part four is, is about death. And in fact, Um, early on part four was identified as death and I was like man that's I gotta soften that a little bit yeah Um, so now part four is I'm not sleeping I'm just resting my eyes and that whole part is about death and people who have died and telling stories about people who have died and um I you know there they're I'm paraphrasing but shakespeare said that every uh, third thought should be about death. And as I've gotten older at the on surface that is really morbid. But as I've gotten older, I'm starting to realize that. And and I think in my book, I I want I don't want my children to fear death. Um, I want them to understand that it's a natural part of life.
1: Yeah. You know, um, once again, it goes back to Bruce. I'll see you in my dreams where all the summers have come to an end. I'll see you in my dreams where we'll meet and live and love again. I'll see you in my dreams. Yep. Up around the river bend for death is not the end. And I'll see you in my dreams. Um, I think that's a very healthy, you know, goal to share and yeah. to push. Um, I, I cannot wait to read the book. I'm so excited. Uh, in the meantime, Jay, uh, tell people how they can follow you um, on social media and how they can sign up for your mailing list where um, about twice a week, I think, maybe. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm once a week
1: it feels sometimes, like a couple
0: yeah yeah sometimes yeah. I, I throw an extra but um I've been I've been writing now once a week for five years and yeah. it, it at first it was like you were shouting to a void, and nobody yeah. was hearing it and there were times that I wanted to quit um but for whatever reason, I just kept doing. it, And and now we're, you know, I'm over 500 weekly readers on my mailing list. And um, I get a lot of feedback and a lot of messages. Um, so it, it's fun. And um, now that I'm writing this book is coming out. A lot of recent posts have been about the book. And yeah. Um what what I like to do is kind of give a bes- behind the scenes look at the book, you know, and who I am. Yeah. So um you can find me at org Um there's a link to the mailing list on the website. You can also find me on Facebook, same thing right on fight on and on Twitter as well.
1: Yeah, and and I, I really re- urge you if you've not already done it, go to rideonfighton.org, sign up for the mailing list. Um, there are they are sometimes uh, poignant, sometimes funny, always insightful and entertaining. So I appreciate that, Thank you. Jay, my friend. Um, I am so excited about the book. I'm excited that your journey continues know that um you're in my thoughts you're in my prayers and that i love you Thank and um i am uh we will um i'm hoping to have you on in january or february after i read the book and we kind of do a more in-depth kind of um post-game press conference let's say right yeah, like yeah that would be fun yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. yeah any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners um you know, I, as
0: I've been going through this uh, journey of of writing of this book, um, there was a lot of doubt, a lot of self doubt, a lot of "I can't do this," and I, a lot of times in those moments of um, desperation. I look to my younger self, um, and what I mean by that is, I have a picture in an album photo album, of myself as like a three-year-old kid, and it's just me, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking at the camera, and I got these big blue eyes, and this like big, like, bowl haircut, and I. I often thought to myself, I, 41-year-old me, wants to make that kid proud. You know, what do I have to do to make that kid proud? So it's, it's amazing to me that somebody like Bruce was once a four-year-old kid. Um, we were all young, little kids. We were all four-year-olds at one time. Um, that idea of making my younger self proud got me through a lot of hard times. Um, so I guess the last thing I want to say is if you're having a tough time, think about your younger self and, and what would they want you to do in this moment? And they would probably want you to keep going, to move forward. Uh, to find goodness
1: in life Uh, well said well said i i love that thought um thank you jay thank you so much i appreciate all the time um we're recording this kind of the beginning of november but uh this will i have a backlog of episodes so as we this is probably published We're probably only a week away from the publication. And by then it should be on Amazon. Look at the show notes. You'll find where to go to purchase it. And um, as I said, I just love you, brother. And so thank you so much for your time. Listeners, go get vaccinated. Go remember to be good to each other. Let's uh, support each other. Let's make that younger version of ourselves proud of the person we became. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thanking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.